All right. This is June 7th. And this is going to go back to, this is called Purpose and Pain. This is going to go back to the healing in him stuff. This is something that's going to be added to, I think, the last chapter of the of the book. And so people who don't know my memoirs shouldn't listen to this. <laughs> Click off and go to a different one. Because <laughs> uh, this is going to include what has been going through all these podcasts, but talking about what God was releasing this healing in my body that's looked like the craziest thing you've ever heard of and seen and never seen in scripture, never heard this type of testimony and a whole bunch of revelation that I got this past week. So I don't want, I don't, I want, it needs to be people who understand this though and got through the rest of the other ones to grasp where I'm going with this. If you haven't gone through the healing in him, um, podcasts that share this whole thing of, of everything, then you need to listen to those first before hearing where I'm going to go into right now. Um, but so I got, became the worst that I've ever been through this, through the, what God was saying was a healing, which was looking horribly, horribly painful and sick. And what God said was saying, your body's literally detoxing. It's hard to comprehend. Humans can't comprehend it. And there was just the my, the entire time of going through this for 15 months, I would just ask God, like, I think the one thing I don't grasp is why was there so much pain in it? Like, I couldn't understand. And then I would think, well, maybe it's because it had to have pain because it's all these toxins, blah, 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 blah. And then this is when revelation hit because this is increased. Now, I, I at certain times got like Vic some Vicodins and stuff like that for the pain and would use them so spread out because it would literally just give me like a two hour maybe like um help with it but what was what would happen was i would go through the bouts of a couple months and then i'd get a little break but still only healing that was very very obvious was my neck being healed and then what happened in february and there was signs of hormonal stuff and and things like that but um it would give me a break and then it would start up again so when I said in the podcast at the end of April when we're dealing with this ter territorial shift and all of that stuff that was happening in the spirit realm that at the encounter I had, God said, you know, it was done and it was over. And then literally everything, I mean, the, the, the crazy warfare and stuff on April, that shifted that because of the territory. So that's where I saw a huge sign. Like I noticed that I wasn't staying up in the middle of the night from three to six. Every night I did that for a year would be woken up. Nothing could put me back to sleep. I would try to get on nothing. And I know that I, my sensitivity to the spirit realm, I could just feel things like transit. And people know like the middle of the night, they call it the witching hour. There's like weird stuff. I don't know if it's like with witchcraft or what people think with that whole thing. I don't fully understand it. But I did that for an entire flipping year. And after that thing shifted in April, I no longer do that. I'm not like kept up and feeling all this crazy stuff in the spirit. Like, and I see now the things that were the signs of the neighbor, like, him submitting now things are changing in his life he randomly is gone for five days with his trailer now his, there's something in god's doing and obviously that shifted in his life i think it has to do with his, like livelihood his job i don't really i don't really know their signs though there's obviously some signs of this thing right right that it did flip and like the warfare uh, changed but then 
another healing bout came on me and people don't understand that the, the mockery towards what's happening in my life of you know, people not even understanding how I've disappeared from the world and like just to the level it is and maybe just because people think I sound so normal in the podcast people don't realize how bad it is it's because the anointing's on me it's the only time I get true like God relief with stuff and so that was another thing that I didn't even put together too like here's here's why I've got revelation on that there was a purpose in why I had to feel this pain this whole year. It was much more than healing my body. There was so much more to it. And I'm like, when I explain this, this is going to give people so much. And this witchcraft theology of word of faith that uses faith that everything you get from God is like the good things, the success, are literally stealing something of the power of God that works through the, 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 the pain of the world, the pain of like even sickness like what he works through and it's not him putting he was taking it out of my body but it had to be painful in order to produce this revelation and that he was stripping me of much 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 more i had no idea the strongholds i still had in my heart oh my goodness people and now i know why this had to be shut off for like a week because of what i was going to go through this past this past week it increased so 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 bad so someone and and don't worry Pam like drug informers don't listen to my podcast so you won't get in trouble <laughs> Pam my my little maternal mother that takes care of me all the time that came into my ministry years ago and was like one of the first very pure people that continued to always just do stuff for me and knows that I would always try to refuse her help and think she did that's why she had to show up with her husband with a brand new tv and trick me with it because I have such a hard time and that like receiving things and anyway she's she's just very maternal towards me and uh, she she was reminding me when I told her I was because people I don't give details of how bad I am I don't talk like that like I don't unleash on people like you have to see how bad I am like the only people who are, are allowed to be around me are like caregiving friends that they're just they they they're not talking a lot to me we're just what they can watch tv <laughs> and like yeah and they're the ones that know how bad I am because I but I don't talk I don't talk about it, so people don't get it if I just say I'm really bad everybody should know my personality by now that means I'm really freaking bad that means I'm very very bad if I say that and so I gave a little bit more detail in a text to her one day and I don't know why I did that but then she was like she I don't know she called me she goes Sarah do you, do you remember it like I have all these meds like all these things from you know a surgery and these are like hardcore pain pills and I know opiates like the back of my hand I know them so well because my sister what she was prescribed I know how to dose I know the milligrams I know I know exactly what they do so when she told me the the ones and I and I remember her telling me that before but I wasn't in enough I wasn't in like a horrible one to where I would want uh, something and I'm literally going to tell the types of meds I don't know why I'm going to this detail because it's going to be really interesting if you really actually hear like there's always a point to my memoirs, even though I don't understand why I do it. Um, there's some reason that I talk to invisible people and tell them the color of my underwear. Like, there's a reason for this. I'll figure that out one day. Okay. So um, she gave me, so she had oxycodone and Dilaudid. If people know those medications, those are called Schedule Two pills. That's not Vicodin. It's a lot stronger of a narcotic Um I never had taken the lot of, but I knew what it was similar to, like morphine. So I would understand that medication, but I understood oxycodone completely, and I would have known how to medicate myself with that and stuff. And here's the crazy thing of people, 
when someone's truly delivered from addiction, there is no longer an accessibility in their heart to be taken in by it. True, true deliverance, okay? That's what I try to like explain. When somebody can fall back into something, there's a problem there. There's a problem there. There wasn't true deliverance of a heart being fully, fully severed and submitted to God, meaning God fulfilled that area of your heart that was the access point to why you fell into sin. So the reason I ever used pills was to drown my mind from emotional torment of the death of my sister and watching her die, and then from abuse from a man. There was a reason I did it. Like, I was trying to drown the crap I went through. And to be quite honest, I honestly think I had to be on drugs to get through my sister's death. I think this is going to sound so crazy. I think that was God's grace. I mentally, as a person, could not have handled that death if there were not pills given to me to subdue my emotions, to subdue at the age that I was, not understanding what I had just witnessed with being her caregiver and watching her die like on me. Like it, there was just a lot to why, why that happened. So when now, like I, it, like pills are so different for me now. Like I just don't look at them the same way. I could care less. I just, I only wanted, want to use it for pain. So there's no like trigger or anything like that. I don't carry that stuff in my life anymore. And so people need to understand that's true deliverance. And when you can't, like if you if you when you can't like at all then you're not truly delivered meaning you're not fully in a place with god in complete intimacy to where that heart cannot get accessed um so when she offered so i you know i told her i knew and she had i knew all like the tramadol she had channeled i knew all the medications that she had so i was like i'll just can i just i'll have some of the oxycodone she had tons of them too this is just crazy so she she gives so i someone picked it up for me my friend picks it up picked up our little drug deal and (laughs) brings it and gave it gave it gave me it was like 20 of them and i know how to like to dose it so i was sitting there and these are strong medicines but so i was cutting them in half or in three quarters i was cutting them up like so crazy because i was trying to just get myself a little bit of a relief to keep making this and i didn't want to take a lot i didn't want to go through fast i don't know how i have to like like have this but this is the first time people the first time in this healing and the pain that i've been in that god used and gave me something like this strong of a thing so this was like okay I knew there was a reason, a reason to that, 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 that he was giving me a, a level of reprieve, but then it gets even better. So I kept feeling God say, stop cutting these up. Take what you need. Take a whole one. You need this for pain relief, which before he was letting me feel the, feel the pain walk through it. I didn't get a ton of, I was like, okay, so this is where revelation starts coming in. So I had those for two, for two weeks. And, and so I was doing podcasts and stuff like that. And then I started panicking because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be out of these and I cannot go like, I cannot go like this without pain relief. And I messaged her and I said, at this point, um, I, and I felt the, because like there was no peace on me about taking the lot Like, no, it was like, you stick with oxycodone all of a sudden that starts shifting on me. And I started researching like the, this medication is given to severe, severe, severe chronic, like bad surgery, bad pain. Um, I, my brother works through it for his procedures, but that's not through pill. Pill form is not as strong as like this, something like this getting injected. So this was pill form. And I just felt like God was, was putting a piece on it that I was going to, and it went tap me into the spirit. And what that means is like, I know my sensitivity and if something was really too strong and there wasn't like a crazy grace on it, it, I get, it's too accessible, like my mind like i'm just too sensitive to things so i knew that god was saying no i'm like gonna i'm gonna block it and you need this level of pain relief and so this is when it gets weird so i'm like why 
do, this is when I started to realize that God could have taken away the pain through this whole dang feeling. And I had to experience pain because I needed, there was more breakthrough that had to happen for me. So then she gives, and then I, I wanted to like tell her, you know, I, I'll take it like anything, blah, blah. And I was like, you don't tell her anything. She's going to bring exactly what I annoyed her to bring. I was blown away with what she showed up. She showed up with like 60 freaking pills, a whole bottle. And I was like, I hugged her and just started crying. Like, I just was like, oh my God, finally, like something that give me relief. And then the, here's what's the, then here's what's the crazy thing so I was nervous I didn't want to take a hold a lot of it like I hadn't worked with these it was the lowest milligram people you have no idea what you're talking I may know I have no idea what I'm talking about but some people might understand like the strong of a pill I felt like I was supposed to take a whole one and so I just did it and I didn't have the effects that phys of a strong physical high just it dulled my pain and people understand how mind-blowing that is that God blocked me from having these strong heavy effects that would probably I don't know I don't want to feel like that I'm not I, like I just want it I just needed it to dull like the effects of of how bad it was and so that tripped me out so then I was like wait God you dulled the effects of this strong of a pain pill you take away my pain when I'm doing a podcast. So that night, it was like this crazy revelation was hitting me all night long that there was purpose in the pain that I had to be in. And there was purpose in that when I got this revelation that I was going to see his power and control to this level, to this level. And then he keeps saying, like, don't be afraid of running, running out of like, you need to take what you need to take right now for the, for this pain. Cause I, I was being crazy with it. So then I was like, okay, it wasn't, then it wasn't working. One wasn't working. So take, take two, then two, two started to, to help, help me. And then I was like, okay, it's taking it away. And then now two doesn't even work. It doesn't even dull the ding. It's just so crazy. It's so crazy. And, um, and then I was like, so more and more revelation starts hitting me. I'm like, oh my goodness. If people comprehended that like God would use something like that to totally strip so much more out of my life that were strongholds that I didn't even freaking know. I did not know I had these strongholds. Like, okay, I knew I have a stronghold of self-sufficiency. Like I am very aware of my strength and God created me, first of all, that way to endure what I've endured. But what he did for through this, through this last year was literally removing where my strength was a stronghold. And I could kind of see that because I was, I was saying like, this is the first time I've let people help me. And it took me a year. This is what's so crazy of what's ingrained in me. I am just such like a bulldog sometimes. Like I can just be so like strong in something and like to where God's like, I love you so much. I am not hurting you with this. I am literally having you learn you need this side of you to be vulnerable, to change into your strength is your gift I've given you. I, I place that on your life, but you cannot live in it as a stronghold any longer. And so to get it out of me. And so people, if you see that sometimes like warfare and challenges should not have an immediate deliverance. It shouldn't. And that's another revelation he gave me with this too. Is like, I'm not allowed to bring that to people any longer. They need to get the tools through teaching because they, he uses it. He uses it to, to refine. He uses this as like power. And so people who just think God's hurting them and this, this, and this. If you understood the heart of God to take you to the fullness of his word. And the reason I would never put this on other people, the reason I go through such crazy stuff. First of all, I asked for the revelation. I can't get mad at God. I've asked him 
for, I mean, people knew, my friends who knew some of the prayers I said, said, oh, you're nuts. I'd never pray that, that I prayed for the faith of Abraham. And I wonder why I talked to invisible people. <laughs> she, they're like, what? No wonder this takes so long for her promise to come. I prayed for the flippin' faith of Abraham. Yeah, that's the stuff I do. Those are my prayers. They're not for gifts. I, I want, I like, I, I pray for like, I want the revelation of what I see for people in scripture because I've endured so much. And that's why people, you need to know what enduring some pain is because it's going to make you want to know the truth of God. It has created that on me to where I've prayed for crazy stuff. And, in it, and you know, and that's why I would go through a year of healing when I prayed for the revelation of healing. I prayed I will never teach on it until I have revelation on this because everyone that has taught it to me has bound me by it. So I, that's another thing I prayed, people. So anyone who looks at my life like and thinks it's shaming and how could a girl go through this because of God's, oh my goodness. I, I prayed to understand the word of God. Maybe you should too and stop praying for the gifts or pray for your pray for your husband or your, getting a wife or the money or your success. Maybe you need to change your prayer life because you need to know who God truly is and not what he gives to you. So, you know, a lot of that, I was like, oh, this is why. This is why I go through because he, he said, you wanted everything of me. Meaning you wanted my heart. You wanted your heart fully aligned and no more strongholds. None of the result of your past. None of it in you. I'm going to answer your prayer, Sarah. And this is the way it's going to look a little bit because I got to get this out of you. Do you understand that I had been being offered help from the beginning of this happening? Meaning... I was like, it turned into me and so incredibly sick walking this out alone through me and God, through dreams, through me standing on it. Well, first of all, the fact I'd do that, not go to doctors, be willing to stand against like, either I wouldn't tell people what was going on or if I told them, like, I'm standing for this and you know, I, and you're going to get shamed one day when you question that this is healing. You know, the shaming is going to come on these people have questioned my life, why I did the things because when people see the flip that's going to happen for me, you're going to go, oh, Jesus does reward the humble. Oh, Jesus does reward the people that stand in, in front of them and oh maybe she wasn't so off because she had a lot of warfare maybe that was gonna be to bring the biggest result and promise that anyone could ever get maybe because i'm such a narcissist and i can't handle warfare i'm not gonna get those results in the word of god Whoa! sorry not sorry um so then i started getting these revelation i did know self-sufficiency i didn't realize to the level and it took a year for me to allow anyone to help me. I was being offered, do you want me to bring you anything? Do you want, I wouldn't, so I'm a very much a silent sufferer. That's why people don't know. People just hear me and it's only in my teachings where I go off like, or if I'm trying to tell people who I'm training up from under me, like I've been through tons and tons of suffering because I don't want them to put idolatry on these gifts. I don't want them to put idolatry on any of this and to understand like what comes with it. So don't like never get jealous towards people's giftings. Don't like, yeah, so that's the only reason. I don't do it so that, I'm a narcissist and I say my life's so hard. That's not, I always have a reason to. So I was like a crazy silent sufferer. And, and you know, this goes back to watching my sister die of cancer. Like you get to a place where no one can help you. There's no one that can save you, only God can. So I would, you know, so when I was being offered help at the beginning of quarantine, I absolutely want, and I'm sick as a dog and I would still leave the house once every two weeks to, stock up on like you know food like I was able to eat more at the beginning a little bit better than it turned into so I was able to like cook and stuff like that like I cannot cook at all right now but so I was able to do things like that in it and then you know it's like almost it God was like going and going and going until when are you gonna allow help when will you actually let people sit with you 
in your suffering and be okay not to talk and let them just be by you. Like, I wouldn't even allow that. It took a flipping year. When did I start allowing you to even help me? November, December? And then it took me until I allow someone to bring me groceries. Now just started. I'm allowing someone to, like, do you understand? I'm at 15 months of this and I'm just now allowing help. Like that is, I, then I saw it for what it is and I was like, oh my Lord. And now I give lists of what I need. I have no problem. I don't feel guilty. That's the stuff I'd be so tormented by. Like, first of all, I didn't want people to see me in my suffering because I'm a, a leader and these people have been under my ministry, my friends. And I don't want, like, it's, you feel like embarrassed or you feel like you have to be this person or you have to like, and I'm a very honest, like honest person. So it's not like that to me. It's more like the sufferings. Those are more intimate. That's like very vulnerable. Like for someone to be around me when I'm sick. Like when I was in the hospital, in Tulsa, I didn't allow company. I wouldn't allow people to visit me. Mm-mm. You couldn't come. And that's the stuff I would do. Like, nope, I'm good. I want to be left alone. And that's like, the, and, and I'm so used to other girls that are so dang narcissists that they just have expectations on you. And then I get tied to, I got tied to so many of those females because they pulled from that side of strength in me and the way I would be a savior. But yet I wouldn't, then they didn't have to do it for me, do anything for me because I would never accept it anyway. So then I get put in this position where it's like, oh, 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 and then entitled and, and narcissism and, and like, you know, just the, would do crazy abusive things because of it. And then now I was realizing that too. I came into so much like revelation overnight, overnight it hit me why I had to suffer this bad. I, I was like, okay, first of all, self-sufficiency got ripped out of me. I got placed to a place of need. Now, if people understood when you have strongholds of certain things and you genuinely are asking God to expose it and remove it, just get ready what it might be to get you fully free to be who you're created to be. So that that, that was one. I did not know I had a stronghold to food. That's another freaking one. I had no idea. I knew I understood if I had a stronghold to working out because I worked out seven days a week and I did it in crazy pain and suffering. And part of it was to get my aggression out, but part of it was to stay fit. And it was like, God didn't even want that stronghold in, in me and, and that. And so I would try to work out through this whole thing. I would hurt myself. I went running one time and I was a train wreck. I was dizzy. I was probably running like Phoebe from Friends. Does anyone know how Phoebe from Friends runs? That's it. Yeah. Like I was probably running, like looking that crazy because I was really dizzy. I was, my body felt crazy. And I tried to go out and jog just because I had to, because I had swollen up. And when I was out jogging, the presence of God was pushing on my body going slow, slow. So like stopping me from being able to do it. So I know I look crazy. I probably, oh my God, you know what I did? I ran into a car. Oh my gosh. I ran into a moving car. And when I texted my friend, I I ran, did I ever tell you that? I texted my friend. I ran into the front of a moving car. And and she goes, you mean a car hit you? Like the way I said it, I ran into the front because the car was moving. But it was not the guy's fault. It was my fault. So I, was, I wasn't going to say I got hit by a car. He, the car got hit by me. And, and it was moving. And I ran right into the front of it and hit it. And grabbed it and I yelled a cuss word because it scared me. First of all, I ran into the front of a moving car and I was like, whoa. And, 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 and I scared the driver so 
bad. I scared the crap out of the guy. He was like, <gasps> and I and I sat there and apologized. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I knew it was my fault that I did it. Um, that that's literally how out of it I would be. Like that I'm not supposed to be out trying to. You're gonna run into the front of a freaking moving car. Like I mean, it was just, and I kept pushing, kept pushing. If I got a better day, oh, I have to work out. I have to work out. I'm somehow gonna be able to change this sw swelling off of me. And then I, and then when I've given up on working out, I've given up on food. This is so crazy. What he weeded out of me was crazy. The reason my body was swollen this entire year was because of the stronghold. It wasn't just the healing. That was not the only thing. And I had no idea. That was what, that that I had to get free of the thought of that I had to work out all the time. The thought that I would not eat certain foods based on like, and it, I just thought I had a healthy relationship with food because I just thought, I well, I eat clean and if I want french fries, I'll eat french fries. If I want this, I, I will do it. I just don't, I don't indulge like gluttonous like that. And then I realized like, okay, I went for a few years where I kept no bread in my apartment, not one. I would try to do all these cleanses I was doing for a year to lose weight. Like, and I'm realizing, I'm like, oh my gosh. And like through quarantine, I started buying sourdough bread and I really like sourdough, sourdough, I always have, but that to me was like a treat. Like, oh, so at my dad's house, I could have a piece of sourdough bread. God was literally teaching me like the understanding of like things being balanced, being balanced. I'm not a gluttonous person. So if I'm not gluttonous, then why can't, why can't I have balance? And God's like telling me, you literally, when this flips, I perfected your hormones in such a crazy way. There's literally nothing you can do or will do to need to do that any longer. Your body will respond, right? We'll have a high metabolism. You you don't live in this bound thing to keep yourself. A, uh, oh God, it's so crazy to me that it went to that level. And then I go, holy crap. I had a stronghold with food. And even though it seems so minimal, that it still was a stronghold. And that that even had to be, the swelling was to remove that I would stop. So this is what he has me do with food. This is what the weirdest thing is. So I can't eat a lot. Like right now I have not eaten all day. I felt like bad. So I could only eat certain like things. And so people would drop off maybe like food from somewhere or I'd buy two meals from something that was already pre-made. But I still was able to eat, like, I was had, you know, sashimi. I was still doing, like, healthy stuff. All of a sudden, when this all increased this bad, the only food I could think about eating was, like, I'm a 10-year-old child. Like, it's weird food. Like, little frozen pizzas, macaroni and cheese, Cheetos. Like, crap I would never eat. And it's the only thing I can put in. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You're thinking, like... Like the God, God, the healthiness of what he's doing in your body. What, why would he not? He's so vegetables gross me out. They'll make me start like dry heaving. I get super grossed out by even the thought of a salad or like, this is so weird. Like salmon. Okay. I don't eat meat and I haven't since I was 14, but I eat seafood. The idea of seafood right now will make me vomit. Like he's not even letting me eat what is normal crepe to flip this in my mind this level to where I'm not bound by the fact I can only eat like a little cheese pizza. And that's all I could eat. I'm not bound by the thinking of the calories of it anymore. I'm not bound by, oh, I can change my body. I'm literally just giving up and I'm so sick that I'm like, if I can put something in my stomach, I have to eat it because I just barely am able to eat. And then 
And then, so then I was like, oh my gosh, that was another one he was doing. He was making me put the opposite of anything I would ever put in my body to get this out of me. If people understood getting delivered of stuff, if, if the length that you're willing to go and how it could mess with your mind really bad to, to, to do it to me this bad, like I was like, oh my gosh, I had a stronghold of that. And then the other one was vulnerability. Like me crying in front of somebody, me sharing my pain, me allowing people to sit in on it or like, and you see it come out of me in the beginning podcast. Like it's changed my teaching. And like, I already, I already was somebody who shared lots of stories, but I wasn't very like, you weren't gonna ever hear me talk about marriage. You weren't ever gonna hear me like, ever go into like certain things I shared about it. And, and a lot of it too is because I'm not teaching a room. So I don't have to look at the faces looking back at me and feel stupid. I don't have to look at anyone. <laughs> I can do it where I just am like, I don't know why I'm supposed to talk about this. I'm, I'm talking about it. And you see that vulnerability come out in those beginning podcasts. And I'm realizing this that whole year up to when January began and I started releasing was because that whole year of suffering was literally breaking things in me not only healing my body he was healing my heart and I didn't know that the suffering the pain had to heal my heart it had to get things out of me that I had no idea were in me and so I think of like those first podcasts how I would cry and how I was free with like my manifest and how I would just talk about so I talked about my sister and cried like I did things you would never hear me ever ever do and I'm really I'm like oh my gosh like the vulnerability and the shifting was beginning to happen so it was coming out more through like these podcasts and you know, I was like literally showing me like it was it was even going to be in changing like the way that you speak and the openness but it's because I was doing something so crazy in your heart towards being able to be you like being able to like and it's not that I was hiding things it's I never was that person so if I never was that person I never was that, when my sister died I didn't let anyone in nobody could help me nobody could take care of me I did not I've done this my entire flipping life this is just how I've been and and it's part of what how I had to deal things I mean I left the state alone I mean I ran and hid from my man by myself for five years like I've had to be so self-sufficient I have to take care of myself I had to do all these things and it's literally part of what God he he created me to be able to be that way but it can turn into such hindering me from like my future because I mean I just I see it now for like how bad like the to the craziness of what it was that if I would I never be able to like open up and let anybody do anything for me how was I going to live the rest of my life that I'm a savior and then I'm always the one to minister was I going to go to marriage and think I had to minister to a guy was I going to like was I ever going to be able to like oh let someone help you let someone pay for things for you let someone like do this like you don't have to do everything like yourself you've done your whole ministry yourself and it's like it's like literally where you see the goodness in God and how he created us and that there are things that you you are made a certain way to be and do things in a season and in that time and and then there's a there's there can be a season to take you deeper take you further because the time for that for that to be out of me was not the years before i've already been having things stripped out of me every year i have a new thing stripped out of me and again that's what people don't understand the warfare all my life and they think oh something's off with me <sighs> what's off with me is that i wanted everything from god that's why i wanted everything from god and so to get and understand the fullness of everything that was in his word meant that the effects of my past could no longer live live inside my body and inside my mind and inside my heart and in order to get that out i had to walk through some stuff um and and he was just like show me oh my gosh like all the all the purpose of all these things that i had to get just so you could you will um 
now allow somebody to take care of me. I'm not going to freak my and freak out. Like, I'll allow help. I won't go into tor- torment. I won't go into trauma. I won't go into, like, because what it would do, and this is what's so crazy of the things that, like, it would put me into PTSD if people did things for me. And this is something that so many people would know, never understand because you're a narcissist and you just expect things. I can't stop on my narcissism. But then there's people in purity that would understand this because there are things that it would be hard for you to accept certain things because you've lived, because you can understand this, right? Because of how empathetic you are and how you give and give and give. So it's like, those those are the people, the narcissism people, you probably have ear earplugs on or something. You can't hear what I'm even saying because you've never experienced anything like that in your life. You expect all those things if somebody came into your life with wealth and gave you money you'd expect it you'd want it you'd be happy about it it wouldn't torment you because you're a narcissist idiot (laughs) the narcissism thing i can't stop on because i'm so sick of seeing this in leadership and in the church it just makes me insane uh so if somebody so like Pam, Pam's showing up and tricking me, and she's the one that always said, "Sarah, you're gonna have to learn how to receive things. You're gonna have to. It's you're gonna have to learn not to get tormented by it." Like, and when she showed up, her and her husband with a brand new TV and a Bozzy soundboard, which she probably spent seven to eight hundred dollars on. I like went into panic. I did not know. It kept me up all night long. It kept me up all night long after it just because it messed with me so bad that she was that kind that she did that for me. And I, and I know a root of that came from that. So here's another crazy thing. Now, I'm not a big thing person on like the love language thing because sometimes I think those Christianese things are so stupid. But one thing I do know is I like presents. <laughs> I do. That's like I and I think the devil flipped that on me. I think that's one of my love language was gifts. I really do. You could you could wrap up a bag of chips and put a bow on it, and I'm going to get excited to open it. It does not matter what you give me. I literally get excited about anything if someone gives me as a present. I love when my friend tried to throw me a party and was going to put on the Evite, don't bring gifts. I was like, uh-uh, do not put that. That's a weird thing. So I wanted the gifts for my birthday one year. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I was like, no, don't ruin that for me. I like presents. <laughs> but, but then, because... I can receive a present on my birthday. That's okay. But if it's in the other days, like then, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not able to, then I get found. And, and I think that because I got so seduced by a man who had money and he bought me so much stuff, he made me feel so bound by it that when the way he would try to mess with me is like one time he came and got, I don't know if he broke and would eat it. He stole all the, all the, hits me funny now. He stole all the um, label purses he gave me his price three thousand dollars worth and he had him on his arms and took off running and i called the cops on it and i called the cops and said and said an ex-boyfriend stole all my purses i want him back <laughs> and then he would like buy me like buy if he, he gave me a phone one time bought me like a when a blackberry was cool and then he snapped on me about something of jealousy and then he would try it this is how he bound me he kept me like in this ring of like torment of like how to keep control of me like he stole one time like two thousand dollars out of my bank account over a couple weeks and I had no idea and he was literally just doing it because he's psychotic because he had money and then when I changed my number and broke up with him over it he uh the way he first of all drove in the middle of the night eight hours showed up on my flipping doorstep from San Francisco because I changed my phone number and then when he was driving driving back home 
he starts to, somehow he gets my phone number and he starts to say, if you answer a text or pick up a phone call, I'll transfer some of the money into your account. So he kept me bound by me responding. He slowly paid back my $2,000 and I was going to like sue him. Like my dad was going to go out. I had told my dad it was stolen and we had to deal with his family over it, accusing him of doing it and he were denying it. So I was thinking I was going to, I didn't know what I was having to do, but I was trying to get proof and all this stuff. But instead, nope, that's what I did. I got bounded. I was responding to get some of my money back. Like, that's the crap that happened to me about being given stuff. So if, if people want to understand why I had a stronghold towards people giving me things, because there's a fear of loss of control. Like, and if people understand that you can have a side of this, like in you, that it, that it, it can be healthy. It can be healthy. And those narcissists, what you need to do is stop expecting things. The people that feel so entitled to stuff, that feel owed, to feel obligated or, or feel owed. Because what those people do is tied to the people who are willing to give. And then they're tied to this obligation by this narcissist people that are live this way and expect these things. And so God was literally showing me like you wouldn't receive blessings from me if the stronghold wasn't out of you. That's crazy. People listen to that. Listen to that. So the teaching on blessings of the things in this world is a real thing from the spirit of God. But when God gives an impurity and he puts a lot of favor on something, like he literally may take you into pain to get something out of you. So you receive his goodness and kindness. I had to go through a year of hell of questioning sometimes what on earth is happening, God. I would sometimes just like, I didn't know, like, what can, how can I change this? What can I do to fix this? Can, can I get this like swelling on? Like what can, and sitting there and not knowing the entire time, the entire time was not just God like releasing a promise through the most painful thing, but him literally shedding things in my heart to give me more. That's crazy, people. When you understand the purpose of, the, of pain that God may use, and we have this like these people that just could never, oh, suffering, and oh, you teach on this, and you teach on that. Oh, God, this the like when you see this, when you actually see what God's gonna like release on my life through all this, through what you, you're gonna then go, oh, maybe I should have listened to that and stopped being a narcissist idiot. Maybe I should have actually pursued God in intimacy and been okay when I struggle. Maybe I should have like, you know, gone after the things of God and been okay with the warfare and like not think that it means that it's like the end of the world. And like, I think that just we don't have people who are willing to just like endure to know that there's more. Endure to like find out that there's more to this. So this revelation seriously starts freaking hitting me overnight. So then I'm going, everything has increased. This has increased to a level that I believe I would be and in the ER, I know, I know I'd be in the ER. I know that my body cannot handle, handle this at this point. That's why he gave me Dilaudid. So then I'm going, so why then God, is there an increase in pain where you're now telling me you could have literally removed all the pain? Like you healed a withered hand. You raised Lazarus from the dead. You don't have them screaming and crying in pain. So Jesus is able, he is able. And why though? He chose it differently. He chose it differently for me. So then I'm even going, well then even now, everything has, has increased. And you're, you're even teaching me something through this medication, through me using it, and that I need to use it. You're teaching me something about this, but but I honestly believe he's uprooting like a final, like this final final thing of trusting his word that he's telling me, you're not gonna run out of these meds, don't worry. And that's what I'm literally so scared of if I take what I need to take because now it's not touching the pain. And so I obviously need more and I've been nervous because I'm scared. And I, it's almost like he's removing a final like trusting thing. That's what I like to trust me in this crazy, crazy thing because other people hospitalize. And if people want to understand to the level I think this pain is in me, I feel that it's 
like a gallstone gallbladder attack that happens to people that's that's what the level of pain that sends them to the er where they have to instantly get it removed and someone who comes under that it, they have to be put on morphine drip it, it's instantly this is not i mean they get taken to the er when it's a bad one this is our i mean i saw it on modern family the other day <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and Phil, I like Modern Family. I think it's funny. And Phil, the guy on the TV show, he, I think he had a gallbladder thing. And I had already been thinking this is what the level of pain was because it's coming from where the gut and the gallbladder are. That's where it's at and it electrocutes through my body. And so it shocks through things. It goes all the way up to my jaw. It's like the worst most disgusting horrible horrible it feels like your insides are like literally dying and it's to like the worst level i've ever felt it so then it's like well then i would always try to figure out well what what is it the gallbladder you know processes fats and bile and and i know that there is toxins and i know there is this big detox and i know that that, that that's part of what this is affiliated with is me understanding the healing through the pain but then also at the same time it's representing something else that literally a person would end up hospitalized and so i know what your body can endure in this you need medication because I'm producing a, a, a revelation in this so you have to walk through it you can't just have it, it it's gonna hit and I honestly when when God told me like it's done he always tells me things ahead of time and I'm walking through it and walking through it and it's like because now I understand I always get crazy revelation in the things I go through and I had was getting revelation of healing but I was not getting it to now it's like this whole blindfold came off of my mind Everything is like, oh my goodness, and I really believe that I'm at the flip of it. Like, it's finally about to happen, and it's finally, finally, like, I know I keep saying this, but I've never gotten pressed to where it increased like this, and I think there was a reason it increased, because God was talking to me about Lazarus, and how Jesus delayed on Lazarus to, to raise him from the dead, and why there was this delay and wait to prove his glory through this, and then, well, another hopeful thing is that I felt God tell me to trash some jeans today. And because you won't be putting those back on. And these aren't cheap jeans. This is true religion. And I was like, well, I just felt he's saying like you. And I ordered some new jeans, some clothes. And I've been doing that this whole year. I've been ordering for the size that I know God is going to change my body. And, and with like brand new dresses and doing all this stuff like an expectation. Like, and that's not me doing the faith thing that people do that are like doing it to manipulate God. I was literally doing that for myself. Like, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe you, God. Like, I'm going to believe that this is going to happen. You are going to prove yourself. And so then I even, and they showed up today. And I just think that was interesting. The new, the new jeans that, yeah, my, my butt cannot fit in right now. And Jesus is saying, you know, when this swelling goes away. And then, and so then I felt him tell me to trash some of the jeans that have been like the, when I could only go out, like it got so bad. Like I, and I'm going to trash all these dang yoga pants. I'm going to trash so much freaking clothing that, that like, I want to trash my whole apartment. I want to trash my bed. I mean, the, the good thing is that God had me redo my apartment at the beginning of the year so that knowing, like, it gave me a better, like, my apartment got all light colors, new couch, new stuff. I got, I totally redid it. Now I know why. It's like, because it was traumatized by this year and it was going to go further and I needed to see stuff look better visually like in my apartment like everything turned white we got all this white stuff it's just it was god he's literally no, like if you understood that god does like these things to get you through stuff and, and we can accuse him of just the pain we accuse him of just those of just those things and so um i try i trashed those jeans so I'm like, okay, God, if you're telling me, but can this not be this big delayed? You tell it, and then it's months and months away. Like, I'm at the, I have to believe that this is because the flip is here. So then God was just talking to me about Lazarus. 
and how Jesus delayed going to him. Um, and that that's kind of what he's doing, has, that he's done through this healing was that there's been this what appeared to be a delay and where it appears that I'm dying. I should be dead and in the ER. And it, there's mockery. Like there's where people would just not understand, not question how is this so bad? How is this? And because it's to prove his glory when he actually does this for me, that I there's going to be such a, a, an amount of that it was all, all him. And so I went to John 11. And, you know, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm going to read. Um. So 11 verse four, when Jesus is, so Jesus heard about Lazarus sickness, he says, Lazarus sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. And here's the thing about like Jesus, like the way I've been hearing God sometimes makes me feel like, is, did I hear wrong? What is this? It's like God speaks through our dead mind eyesight. Like saying things that this is, this is, and this is, and this is why I kept thinking every month that's going to be the right, because he was literally speaking through me. Like Lazarus died and he's saying he's not, he's not going to, that, that doesn't, it's not, it didn't seem reasonable. If he is dying, he's saying he's not going to die. Like if we understood how God speaks and that we, when we get super detailed with the words of God, you, that's sometimes a lot of times witchcraft spirit because he speaks so he speaks so differently than like, oh, tomorrow you're going to meet a man in a blue shirt who's going to give you a dog. And that's the stupid prophetic words we have out there right now. We have these weird detailed things and then some of them come to pass and we assume that it was prophecy when it was absolutely not prophecy. It was a demon giving a weird detail that removed all faith, removed any faith. All it's going to do is when it comes... If that happens to someone who gets a detailed word like that, and it does happen, all it's going to do is put glory on the prophet. Where did the glory of God come in? Because there was no faith in that. You were just given a detail of something. That was a really good point. So number six, he and, he, and although Jesus loves Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he, this is how he's going to do it. The, one, the ones he so loved that in the next you know chapter after this happening, this is where you have Mary, you know, pouring perfume on him and sitting at his feet and, you know, the honor and the love that, that she had for him, you know? So number six, he stayed where he was for the next two days. So he finds out someone he loves is, is dying and is sick. He's being asked to come and he sits and he waits. He doesn't just immediately go to do the healing. He doesn't just know he, there was a reason he decided to wait. He let Lazarus die. So, so in that, what do you do when you, when God let me suffer to, to be glorified and raise me to life and it to be overnight, to, to, to see a suffering to be to this level and then an instantaneous, which I know, I know, I know, I know. And I am so praying and believing that my next podcast is that testimony. I don't want to do another. I'm like, I'm like, can we, I mean, I will because they are the only thing that make me feel better. So I totally would, but Okay. Then he finally says to his disciples, let's go to Judea. Um, and then he even says, number 11, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go wake him up. And the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. See, this is where, what we have people who, who sometimes it's so you hear God's word on something and it doesn't make sense. And because there's wisdom and revelation in it. And then, you know, 
Jesus has to get blunt, I think, and like explain <laughs> what he means because he's like, so he says that the disciples said, Lord, if he's leaving, then number 14. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there for now. You'll really believe me. Come let me go see him. He bluntly then says it and try to like, you are not understanding what I'm saying. Then now I needed him to die so I can raise him from the dead and be glorified. Um. Twenty-one. Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, if you were only here, my brother would never have died." And this is like this is literally like the blaming and the narcissism people have, like in the spirit. Number twenty-two. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told, which I'm not saying calling her a narcissist. I'm saying that people have responses to think that Jesus has failed, and that Jesus does not have the fullness because you suffer or. Because, like, come on, just talk about the stronghold that would get in me from watching my sister die and then go through this much sickness. I mean, first of all, it's like, you know, they were, they died, but why was I so saved? And why, you know, you go through that type of thing of trying to figure out God because we can't figure him out. We cannot figure out his glory. Why he would give a perfected healing to my entire body. Well, first of all, because they both died. Because they both died. That I had a promise on that. Because I lost both of them and I went through what I went through. So yeah, there, there, there is the recompense of Jesus Christ through suffering that just people don't ever get to the fullness of it. They don't. And the people that don't, it's because they say a narcissist of, of entitlement. And they never will produce what suffering will do in their life. Or they come under bad doctrine and then think I'm heretical. Um... I'm going to skip down. Number 32, and Mary fell at his feet. Lord, if only you had been here. So again, you know, Martha said it. Then Mary says it. Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her and deep anger welled up within him. He was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? And you know, I don't really fully, I only read one thing about this, that if he was, this was his him grieving the death or if he was angry at their lack of faith, like, um, I, I mean, it appears to me he's actually in grief of the death too, which is so interesting that he, because it says he wept in 35, that he even had grief, yet he was going to raise to life. Like, does that not show the heart of Jesus Christ? I mean, if we do not see his heart in something like that, in the, the dang doctrine that some Reformed Baptists have, that like God doesn't have any side of emotions, like that is so nuts. That makes like, that's so nuts that they place God like that. Like, now, he doesn't have to the level of our type of, of, his is like perfected. It's what we can't comprehend. We can't comprehend that type of love just because we wept and grieved. It's never going to be this purified love that someone like Jesus, Jesus has in him through God. So number 36, the people who are standing by see how much he loved him. And some said, this man heals the blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? So then there's the mockery, of course. The mockery before Jesus just nails everything, which I can't wait for him to do for me. Okay. Um... Jesus is still angry. He arrives at the tomb and he says, roll the, roll, roll the stone aside. And they per, they protested because of the smell. He had been dead for four, for four days. And what's the crazy thing about this is the way they wrap a body are so wrapped so tightly. And this is something I was reading too, that there is an impossibility for this man to have just stood up. If that doesn't even show more of like how much this is, was miraculous, that not only was he a dead man of sickness, 
So how much was there weakness in his body when he died? But that he is raised instantly to life that would have the strength to unravel himself, stand up in, in something like that. Like it wasn't just the man was raised to life still sick. Ooh, ooh, I feel that. <laughs> he, he was raised to life with something finished and done, taken away from his body of what actually killed him to have strength in it. And, and he says, so they, they, you know, they, and he says, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believe? So they mock and they says it. So they just roll the stone aside. He, he prays to God. So he's, he's displaying himself before the Father. He's displaying who he is. He's always giving credit back to the Father. So this is what you don't have. You stupid Todd Bentley thinking he raised people from the dead and he did it. You have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who is God in human form, still giving credit to the Father. We have so disgusted leaders out there that they don't even give credit, let alone like <laughs> to someone who's their partner, like helping them, let alone give credit to like the, the God for what they carry or, or a God for everything that they have. He says, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said this out loud for the sake of these people standing around so they will believe you sent me. <sighs> oh, the purpose, the purpose in exposing and, and, and showing your, your, your heart to people when it's impurity. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Woo! Oh! And a dead man came out, his hands and feet bound by grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told him to unwrap, unwrap him and let him go. <laughs> good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Now I'm going to tell a story of. So I have zero capacity and literally. Oh, that's the other revelation I got. I got the revelation that I have been doing ministry like not healthy and and i know that that is he's allowed this season for me to do it because first of all i learned a lot from it it was part of how i was doing it but then i realized like how affected like i got towards the end of like b1 and b1 in event and like how i was feeling so drained i was feeling like people were always coming for me for prophetic words it's feeling like god was saying you need to start with the sheep you're going to be taking out a leadership like and 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 real and then i was always like well that's the unhealth on on people that that's you know they always are coming to the prophetic and then i realized oh wait no it was there was unhealth in me that I am. I know God's telling me you are no longer going to come alongside people in their warfare. Oh, that was the revelation that came to me literally like overnight that that's what he was he was removing. That I am no longer, I am allowed to help people when it's God is saying this is you can speak into this and it's super anointed. And but I am no longer to like come completely alongside the trials and the warfare of people because he's jealous for his children. And and there has become some like there's become where it's becomes where they're either they're coming to me over him and like it's not just his jealousy towards me and the effects of it having but it's this jealousy towards people that I've that I've done it with and that he's saying like no I like this is hurting like you can't and I've been was even explaining this to the two people that can sit with me like I was saying you do know that when this thing flips like our friendship is going to change like this is not going to be hanging out like helping like it's it's not gonna this is gonna change and in, in health and like it's gonna look different like it's and i also know that god was like saying too you're gonna shift in how you do ministry you have now released every single tool you're still releasing it people are gonna get it from that when you are to do one-on-one -on -one and to help and you are gonna know when it is but you do not just come alongside any any 
anybody's warfare because you see the suffering and you can see through it or you can help them because I am doing something in it and I am helping people and I'm changing hearts and I need to do it myself. You can't keep being crutches. And then him just showing me that and then part of why I was doing that so much is like a lack of value of myself or like I don't I mean there was so much more to it but then also he's just showing me like or and my savior mentality that was being used to a flaw like there just needs to be needed to be more healthiness in how I help people and that got stripped out of me this past year stripped out of me to where I just had no capacity I was like I can't I can't like I can't help I can't hear the warfare I literally and then sometimes that I know I was supposed to I was anointed to it wasn't all of it I was anointed to come alongside certain things and do it in that time and it was just God transitioning things for me so literally I'm dying and I get a phone call this morning from a girlfriend who we were good friends in Tulsa um, we didn't attend the Bible school at the same time. This was my roommate's sister who moved out there. We became really good friends, and she's visited me. If you, I've never talked, I haven't talked to her in years. She calls me and for and leaves me this voicemail that she just, you know, she she had she wanted to bounce something off of me, and we haven't talked forever. And I just felt, I felt compelled, like I wanted to talk to her, and that's how I know because I'm like I'm sick as hell. Why? But also when. I'm giving advice and exposing witchcraft to people who are in purity. When I get to do it, it energizes me. Like, that's my thing. Like, I like to explain it helps someone with that. And so it energizes me. It's just when it, it's too much. Like, I very clear, clearly, I mean, even said, like, now just listen to my podcast and, and you're going to understand this. So this is a crazy story. I already asked her permission if I can um, share and she said, and she said, yes. So, um, and this is what we're going to see happening. This is where lights are going to go on of the prophetic, of the theology, of what it's done, how it's twisted. So she's totally been under word of faith. She went to my Bible school. And uh, and this is what's crazy. And I'm going to talk about even like her sister because this is what came up. And it was about her sister. This is the one that I said is so obsessed with Kenneth Copeland. And I haven't wanted to be friends because I just know there's so much witchcraft. And she would poop her pants if she knew what I'm doing right now. Well, her sister... I was ready to hear this because this was a conversation that we had and it was just timing for her to hear some of that she's been falsely prophesied over because she's known she has and what she's come under through this theology and stuff but it was so crazy to watch somebody and get to see it the lights go on get to see what she endured and what these chicks did to her this is so crazy what happened to her she had two friends one so she's just telling me she's trying to explain something that she was in this this museum or something like that and i don't know what state they were in and the friend that she's with is like is acting all prophetic and saying oh i and they felt like something demonic was in the atmosphere and this girlfriend of hers is going oh i see like a dragon over there i see and when she's telling me i'm just hearing witchcraft i didn't trust the girl i was like that she's not operating in the spirit of god like i just knew it and then so and then she's saying some more stuff sarah's explaining some things that happened to her through these these chicks prophecies and i was like wait isn't this i said you I, I said remember you had a crazy friend who did some crazy stuff to you and falsely prophesied and was all nutty like a few years ago and she goes i didn't and she goes oh it's her i was like i was like, Sarah. I was like what are you doing why did you get close to her again and it's because of the, the, the gift that was used on her. And it was used to completely abuse her. And she said she can read her mind. Everything she reads. She goes, even this phone call, Sarah, she said this. She goes, even this phone call, she's going to pick up in the spirit and call me and say she heard it. I had it. 
that she's to that detail of witchcraft and uses it in her heart and tells her and she's in because some of it's been accurate she thought this was a spirit of god but it was tormenting her because she's like i saw this over here but then she's saying putting this on me over here and blah 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 and i'm like the I was like, oh, you're my perfect example, Sarah. I've been teaching through this entire thing. This is what these, this is a do. So I explained, explained to her exactly like what it was. But I, I told her to understand completely how to deal with this. You're going to need to go to all the podcasts. Well, she said, well, you know, the, I said, well, you know, the reason the demon's able to relay this back to her is because you have a soul tied to her. So when you're having conversation, you're doing things, it's, it's soul tied to you. So it's communicating their spirits. This is what they do. So they're literally demons around her watching her and they communicate back to her and give her a knowledge this is this is was a perfect freaking example this is perfect i proved my dang point how this happens so when we're on the phone she says oh yeah she'll know about this and i said i i was like well i don't i don't think so because i think i could have an authority authority even though this is this is your tie to make sure that this is protected in the spirit and i was like and i can't i don't want to pray for you like i'm not going to do a big prayer but and then <laughs> this is funny <laughs> she doesn't she hasn't seen she last time she's been around me i was doing just women's ministry and she would come to some of the events and stuff like that she has not seen the change in my manifestation the change i would do deliverance she's not seen that so she just hears on the other line i go let me just deal with it and i and you just hear me go and she goes bless you don't really talk sometimes when I do deliverance I, I didn't say anything I just kind of did a did a little thing in the spirit until I felt it because I could feel it I just felt the Holy Spirit come on I felt with it, that demon and I just I don't know I don't I don't know how God does it he just does something and all I have to do is go and do something and then it and I waited I was shaking for a little bit and then I was like okay it's gone and then she was like okay because <laughs> I didn't say any words and God knows I don't want to pray right now. I don't want to whip around. I'm not going to prophesy over you. I am not. The reason this is, you know, happened is because too many people were prophesying over her, you know. And this is what bound her is because people did that. This has made her question her prayer life. She's now thought she can't hear from God. She now doesn't know, like, what she was. Like, this chick did it so bad. She told me a story. This is where it got really bad that just recently happened. That she was driving with this girl. And, and the girl talks about all these things that need to be severed and talks about Jezebel and Patricia King and acts like she's so prophetic and she understands the stuff about Sarah, but she abuses, abused her so bad with it. One time they're in the car, just recently this happened to her, she, her whole body got paralyzed. She couldn't speak and she couldn't move. And the girl was telling her it was the spirit of God and going, this is God's fire cleansing through you. And she said it scared her so bad. She was so tormented and scared by it that she made question God. She goes, God, that was you. Why was there so much fear? Why did that scare me so bad that I was paralyzed? And it stayed on her for three days. She had to go stay in a hotel that night to not be around her parents to show how something was so bad on her. And the girl told her it was the spirit of God. And the crazy thing, and I was explaining this here, so I was like, I've had demons totally do that to me. And I said, now God actually does that to me. And now his presence has flipped that because he can do stuff like that. But that's impurity. It's not when it carries a power thing like this chick was in. And there would be no torment on it. And I said, that can happen. But that's just God showing his power and control over me because the demons could do that. I said, that was a demon. And she was she was cursing you with it. She put something on you. And she was telling you it was God to make you receive it. And so now she came under this whole confusion of God's power. Why would that happen? And all this weird prophetic and aligning. So we're on the phone 
and then even proving how it was tying through um, her her sister, who was, and I'm saying this because she doesn't, I know she's not going to follow this, you know, and Sarah's already read it. She or already got it. I already told her this. So uh, the sister was has, has falsely prophesied some stuff, and I know because she did it to me very threatening, saying that if you don't do this, your husband's going to be given to another woman. That was, that was a prophetic word she gave. So she gave me, like, threatening things under under the spirit of God. Like I've had this done so many dang, dang times. So I knew what she was being bound by was so, so, so severe. And so she's moving the state that she's been in the state with her sister. This has been being done to her by two females. And she's severing this already with her sister. She's been on like this 30 day thing. And it was dealing with the idolatry she had to the prophetic because these people were telling her she needs to stir up her gift. She needs to practice it more. She needs to do this. She needs to do that. This is what this chick's telling her. This is like the deception that they've come under with these teachings of prophecy and these people overemphasizing, always talking about prophecy. Always, always, always. Like Sean Boltz, do you have a different message? Because your reason of overboard prophecy is, is infiltrating people and it's making them come under deception. These teachers that are overboard prophetic and overboard, that is all they teach. They're getting people bound in the spirit. God's, God's going to be flipping that. He's flipping that right now. He's exposing it to the people who are pure. So when we're on the phone, I'm telling her, okay, I'm, I'm just going to want, you need to block her right, right now. And she was so afraid. She did not. And I had to sit with her. I was like, why are you, why are you afraid of blocking her? And I said, if you cannot tell her anything, you cannot send her. The spirit will grab onto anything you have. It will, any excuse you have, you cannot deal with it. You cannot talk to it. You cannot try to say you are a bad friend. I don't want to be friends. No, that's not how you deal with these spirits. And this is a way, that's why I just block. I don't, I don't engage. I will not do that when it, and, and you know, and the fear comes on because this chick knows her family is is friends with her mom is so it's tied it's tied itself this is what this does and so i got her bold enough to do it so i said we're not getting off the phone i'm gonna walk you through doing it you're gonna do it right now and and so again i got i said you will not get free of this if you don't cut do these things right now and then you go through my podcast and i'm gonna it's gonna expose you need to get out from under the word of faith teaching you it's flipping all your prophetic on you it's confusing you and so so she did. So we're on the phone and I walked her through every blocking she had to do. All the social media, um, through Snapchat, she did it on her on her text messaging. And then um, I had her, I walked her through like navigating. So I said, the next move, is this is going to cut a lot of its faces from tormenting you by you just doing this. this is going to, I'm cutting a lot of its strategies ahead of time. But if it, it pulls something, because this girl will spiral when it loses its power, the spirit is going to spiral and it's going to pull other cards out. I said, I would expect you get a phone call from your sister because I think this girl will probably call your sister and your sister's tied to the same spirit. So I, I'm there's a possibility through that and through your mom and maybe showing up at your house with friends of your mom. So you have to um, send a very direct message to your sister that just says you're not going to explain what it is, but please for her not to engage this chick. And then if your mom will respect you, well, you can you get your mom to block her? And she said, yeah, my mom will. So, so literally putting in the things ahead of time before it can fully have gone full circle on her. I got her prepared. And this is what I'm telling you, God, God's doing in spirit. He, he's removing this power of the spirit. And with understanding what I'm teaching, people will be able to break the power so much quicker than what people are getting tormented by that is coming through freaking prophetic people, that is coming through false gifts, that is coming through the word of God, that is twisting. Like he, this puts so much torment on her towards God's voice and not knowing how to pray, not feeling she could hear his voice. Like I simply just said, literally don't try to hear any voice in prayer any longer. 
And she, that was like completely backwards for her. She's like, what? That's like all they, they teach to do. That's all they try to do. And they try to test and go into prayer. Did God say for me to do this? Yes, yes or no, yes or no. And I'm like, you do that, you will tap into a spirit. You need to go in prayer and you just repent for the idolatry of this and just love God. That's it. Just love him. If he wants to bring anything to you. And she was like, at the end, she goes, Sarah, this makes me feel like this is so much easier. Oh my gosh, this is so much easier. Like it literally like just delivered her mind of the torment these through this prophetic that was put on this idea of giftings. I was like, if you just remove, you do not need to stir up your gift. You do not need to practice it like they're telling. You do not need a friend who's always using prophecy. I said, go make some friends at a, at a like a, like a like normal Bible church that doesn't want to talk about the prophetic. That's what you need. Like you, you need now the removal of it all. Like that is so healing because this spirit, this thing has gotten so twisted in the church. It's gotten so dysfunctional and so jacked up. Like you just go do that. Like don't even talk about the prophetic. Don't try to hear the voice of God like that anymore. Just get in prayer and love him. And and right now be led by your heart desire. Meaning if you are feeling like you want to move, the way you be led by that. Do not be led by a yes or no. Don't get a confirmation from anybody else and what they're hearing by the prophetic because this is how these chicks were controlling her. She was getting so tormented that she was feeling like they could hear over her. And it was just an insecurity. And she was like, she was like, I don't want it. I didn't want any of that. I didn't want to tap into that at all. I don't even want to know then anything about that. She's so pure. And that's why God let use, first of all, let me have a conversation with her on the phone because she was in a place that she needed this quickly. And it was not going to hit deaf ears. This is why God won't let me minister to people who are not in a quick thing to listen to what I say. That's why he will bring in he'll anoint it when it's like that, because I can bring them deliverance so fast if they just listen to what, what I'm saying. So she's did it all. And then she's literally driving across country, uh, like hours. And she's like, I'm going to listen to all your podcasts when I'm driving. And I, and I'm like, see that removes me from coming alongside. You now no longer need a prophetic word. You don't need to hear. You're just going to get taught. You're going to get taught through the word of God, and you're going to go to God himself. You're going to go to him yourself. You're not going to need to go to anybody with the prophetic. And this is literally what the big shift is all about. And him having to give me revelation where that that's to shift for how I even do it. There was a season for me to be allowed to walk alongside, but then there's a time that it's ex, it's exposed to more higher level of what God's doing, what he's doing in the hearts of his children, where he wants to take them and things. And what is what is my role with like, you know, following that in the spirit of God. So that was good. That was just an interesting story. I'm like, that was so timing right now that you that God you allowed me to have that conversation and with as sick as I was and and to give me such a great example that this is really really happening this is true and someone can get free of something that in other ways if they didn't do and me explain how you cut these ties real quick that spiral on her would have been tormenting and horrible which she would have gone from gone into and what she's enduring right now and this is what's happened people have been left in this there hasn't been the tools out there I don't never heard these tools taught the way I'm teaching to this level. They haven't been out there. And so now you need to take someone who was willing to go through extreme suffering so that I can help other people to get to that place with God. And then, and so the, and, 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 to, and the people who have judged, judged like my life, I just cannot wait. You know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell, I told you so hats and shirts on my website. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And they're going to say, I told you so. And then they're going to say Sarah Joy Bryant. Like, you know those quotes on Instagram of people that put up a quote and then put their name? This is what I said. 
Guess what? I'm going to sell shirts and hats. Say, I told you so. Oh, yeah, and then the back of it, it's gonna say idiot. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait when this releases. The girl who talked about a Bible school who appears to have no following alone in her apartment. How's that gonna, how's that gonna, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait, people. Oh, just wait. Uh, that, that school's gonna be called, I told you so. <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, is like people who I would think would like mock that so bad would be like someone like my dad and my brother and they absolutely don't. And here's why I think like someone like my dad doesn't, because my dad has seen me fulfill every single vision I've ever carried and he's seen crazy favor happen for me. So even though I may look like I'm so sick and I have so much suffering, like the testimonies I have of God opening doors and slamming doors and, and giving me certain things and partnering me with certain people, not other people, uh, like he's proven, he proved, he's proven himself well enough to me for me to know and be so incredibly confident that I am going to do this and I am going and I'm willing to do it alone because he has proven himself to me that when I've obeyed him and when I've listened, when I've walked forward in vision, he always, always opens it. And I don't need to figure out who I need to attach to to get those doors open. That's what people do. They get, they attach to certain relationships and to certain people to think that those are doors. I have no attachments to anyone who would be a door, who would, who would get me to this. This has to be from God. It has to be crazy. It has to be crazy how he's going to do it. And I mean, I already know part of how he's going to do it, but I'm not going to say. But I mean, I mean, I have a clue of, 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 whew, yeah, so whatever. I told you so, told you so, told you so, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. I cannot wait until everything's proven that God would do a healing in a crazy way that I look different overnight and it's proven through the way I look, that it flips everybody out. I'm going to take a before and after photo because I look pregnant. And I don't even eat all day in my stomach. It's like, it's crazy. We're doing before and after. And I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove my dang thing. And I'm going to prove what God said. It's all going to get proven. Anyways, okay. I'm going to shut up. I'm done. I don't even want to pray. I'm too tired. <laughs> Sorry, people. I used to start feeling bad again. <laughs> Deal with that religious spirits. Goodbye.